Today we're talking about celebrating God. And then we're going to spend a longer time celebrating God. Uh, we're, this is the second of a two-part series we're doing on praise and celebration, something we do with some frequency because we always need reminding about what we're doing when we come together on the weekends and we sing. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, the distinction between praise and celebration. Praise is more uh, the kind of mellow songs where we, we use them to uh, speak truth to God, to talk to Jesus, to sing to Jesus, uh, to romance the Lord is one way of looking at it. It's the time for the bride and the groom to be together and, and have this kind of intimate time where we just do as we sang with that last song, I really love you. That's a good praise song, I really love you. And we encourage people to when we go into that kind of praise to really just open up your imagination and envision the one you're singing to and envision all the things you're singing about and enter into it fully. That's praise. Celebration is a little different from that. Celebration is where we proclaim truths about God. It tends to be a little bit rowdier. It tends to be a little more lively. Uh, we just delight in who God is and all He has done for us. Now both of these... Both of these, in fact, all forms of worship require that the most important thing is that we're there. This isn't a sing-along. This isn't a performance. To worship God means that we, with our body, soul, and spirit, are present and dedicated and focused on Him. Our hearts should be singularly committed to Christ and our minds singularly focused on Christ and our bodies completely surrendered to Christ. Worship is worship to the degree that we are singularly sold out on Him in that moment. We communicate what God is worth to us by how invested we are in this moment. And so this is the time, and it takes discipline. Sometimes it's very hard. But this is the time where we put out of our minds all the distractions, all the things going on in our life, all the problems that are there, and we say, this is just about God. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about anything else. It's about God. And he is bigger than all of our problems. He is more important than all other considerations. And so we focus completely on him. It's a choice we make in praise and in celebration. Praise is where we romance the Lord. Celebrate is where we celebrate who he is and proclaim truths about him. Now, a couple of things about celebration, and then we're going to go in and have a party. <laughs> celebration can be usually as loud and joyous. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. Make sure people can hear it. On the east side, in North, North St. Paul, Minneapolis if possible. Let's let them hear it. Shout for joy to the Lord. Everybody say shout. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst, burst into jubilant song with music. With trumpets and a blast of a ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Celebration is loud, it's joyous, it is, yes, rowdy. It's a time to just really express what is there in our heart about who God is and what he's done for us. Now, if you come from a more traditional background, this kind of music probably uh, is, not, is new to you. Uh, it maybe seems uh, out of place in the house of God. Uh, it, it, it may be disrespectful. Just know that that is the meaning that you've been conditioned to give to that, but it's not the meaning it actually has. The Bible says there is a place, and it's an important place for the people of God when we come together to shout and to sing and to celebrate who God is because God is worth celebrating. Yeah. 
I don't know if any of you were at the Gophers game yesterday, but I guarantee you there are people who are up in the stands when they were scoring those last touchdowns and beating Northwestern. They were up there going, yeah, oh, wonderful, oh, whatever. They're going crazy. Or maybe if you're a Bethel fan, did Bethel win yesterday? They did. Then the Bethel fans were, I'm sure, going crazy at homecoming. And this afternoon when the Vikings play San Francisco, whatever, if they win, and of course they will because we got Brett Favre on our team, if he can just keep breathing, we're going to be okay. But there'll be people who go up and go nuts. I mean, you know, they, they just go crazy on that stuff. Or if the twins actually end up catching the Tigers, man, uh, they, you know, that series is coming up with the four games that we have against them. They'll be packed and the decibel level will be loud. Why? Because people are excited because people are happy about what's going on. And they should be. That's an important thing, right? To have a baseball team that wins and a football team that wins. But what's crazy is that we, even here in Minnesota, can get so rowdy at sports stuff, or you win the stupid lottery, or you're a millionaire, ooh, but you get so excited about that. But when it comes to church, and comes to talking about Jesus Christ and salvation and the glory of God, people are just sort of like, mm. What's with that? See, if ever there is anything in life worth celebrating, getting rowdy about, getting happy about, shouting about, it's Jesus Christ. Amen? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you consider the glory of God and consider the beauty of Jesus Christ and the wonder of the salvation that is brought to us and where we were but where we're going and the, the glory that's laid up for us and, and the eternity that we'll be spending with him, when you just get a glimpse of that, even a little glimpse of that, well, if that doesn't make you happy, you need to see a therapist or something. I mean, there's something, something wrong here. That is worth celebrating. Now, we don't do it as sort of a, a spiritual tag or, or, or a, a badge of honor or something. There's some churches where, you know, the, the, the louder you are, the more spiritual you are, and they get loud just for loud sake. And the I, I, first church I was saved in was, was uh, I've been saved in a lot of different churches, but the first church I was saved in, just kind of shop around and get resaved. You know how that goes? But, uh, you know, there are, if you didn't run the aisles or whatever, then, then the spirit obviously wasn't moving. And we don't want to go there. But on the other hand, if it's in your heart, it ought to be expressed in your voice, in your body, and, and, and to, to do it exuberantly and passionately. And in fact, you'll find that if you make the commitment to celebrate who God is, even when you don't feel on the inside, you make the commitment to celebrate who God is even when you're in a bad mood because God is bigger than your mood, more important than your mood, and you express that by celebrating him regardless of what your mood is. And you'll find that if you do that, well, that has a way, as we said last week, of lifting your spirit and of bringing you out of the doldrums. And the spirit of God begins to inhabit the celebration of his people. So it's about being loud. It's about being rowdy. It's about celebrating. Uh, celebration can also involve clapping your hands. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy over and over and over again. We read this in Scripture. Clap in our hands. And you can do it to the rhythm of the music, or some people are more rhythmically challenged, so you just do it when there's music, but it doesn't hit any particular beat. That's fine. Or you do it between songs. Now, look, at it. sometimes it happens when, when a yeah, song ends and people clap. I mean, we've been culturally conditioned to interpret that as saying, good job, musicians, really good job. Sometimes it happens in sermons, you'll make a point, and people will go, you know, clap. 
And, and if you know, you're, you're still under the cultural conditioning, you might think that that means, oh, really good point. You said that very eloquently, good performance. It's not about that at all. What's going on? I mean, clapping is just, see, like you're clapping now. You're not saying, wow, you made that so eloquently, because actually I'm not very eloquent right now. Uh, but you're saying, I agree. It's an, it's an amen. And you find in all different kinds of cultures, clapping is just a way of expressing joy, expressing agreement, uh, expressing excitement, expressing appreciation. And so when we clap, it's, 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 we're clapping to God. He's the one who does the good job. Or we're clapping because we're saying amen. Or we're clapping uh, because we're in agreement with what's going on. And if you agree with that, then give the Lord a clap offering. Okay. Hey, see? Woo! It's one of the ways we make a joyful noise to the Lord. Celebration can also involve lifting up your arms. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. We read that over and over again. We sing this song sometimes. I lift my hands in the sanctuary. I lift my hands to give you the praise. It comes right out of that verse. In fact, most of the songs that we sing around here come out of Scripture. We just take Scripture, put it to music, and then sing it back to the Lord. And lifting hands is a very appropriate way to honor the Lord. It can mean I'm surrendering to you. Or it can simply mean I am honoring you. Or it can mean I'm opening myself up to you. But it's a very biblical thing to do. As I mentioned last week, there are folks, if you don't come from a background where they do that, it maybe is puzzling to you. I've had people ask me, uh, you know, why do you do that? Uh, what is that accomplishing? Uh, and it's not supposed to accomplish anything. But like everything else with celebration, it expresses something. You're getting your body and spirit to line up. If you are opening yourself up to the Lord, then express that with your body. If you are surrendering, express it with your body. If you're honoring God, express it with your body. And you'll find that the more you express something in your body, the more it's reinforced in your spirit. The body and spirit are so interconnected, we can't uh, separate the two. Sometimes people who are inhibited in, with worshiping with their bodies and, and getting their bodies into it, they're suppressing stuff in their spirit that otherwise would be released. It's not a badge of, of having arrived at a certain level of spirituality. I've had folks have that issue as well. They say, I, I just don't feel comfortable raising my hands because, well, I'm still struggling with this problem. I still have this sin and I still have this thing going on. And I just feel like a hypocrite if I raise my hands. And as I said last week, that is of the devil. Uh, this is not some kind of righteousness context, uh, contest. We're not raising our hands because we've arrived at a certain level. Rather, we're doing it because we surrender to the Lord. And the best thing you can do in the midst of your struggle is to lift your hands and surrender to him. Lift your hands and say you need him. Lift your hands and say you exalt him. And so I encourage us as we're in celebration to clap our hands and to lift our hands. We can also praise God with our feet. The Bible says... Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. Then again, you turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and cl clothe me with joy. Folks, there is a place for dancing when the people of God come together. Why do we have to leave it to ballrooms and bars to be the place where you dance? No, this is the place to dance. This is a dancing place. Now, no, look, you know, there's, there's, there's common sense things to bring to this. I mean, some people go to an extreme where we've had it on occasion, people running around and, and really kind of being a distraction, and we don't want to go to that extreme. On the other hand, that's not the extreme that I worry about very much because we don't go there very often. 
Uh, in fact, sometimes I think that'd be a nice problem to have. Boy, our people are just getting too enthusiastic and crazy. <laughs> Those Woodland Hills people, they just get nuts. Yeah, that'd be a good problem. I'm worried about the other extreme, and that's that there's a lot of folks who just are constricted when it comes to letting them enter into worship with their bodies. I, frankly, don't know how they do it sometimes. You know, the worship team is up there singing, Jesus, be a fence all around. We're going we're to sing that a little bit later on. And some folks are just like this. Jesus, how do they do that? <laughs> I encourage you that if that's where you're at, and, you know, people are different. I got this. Some are more expressive and some are, you know, a little more inhibited. That, that's a normal spectrum thing. But look at as much as you can, push the envelope a little bit. Get into it a little bit. Tap the foot. Start with the foot. <laughs> and then you might start, if you, all of a sudden the knee's going. And before you know it, you just might be out there doing Christian calisthenics for Jesus. That'd be wonderful. It's, look, at, music is a gift from God. Rhythm is a gift from God. It impacts our bodies. It's there to help us get into celebrating and praising God. Let it do its job. And just flow with that. And you can move on the aisles a little bit, or we got the sides, or if you want to come up here and dance a little bit. Don't be a distraction, but on the other hand, be free. That's the balance here. Sometimes if you're doing something that is new to you, you think everyone's noticing you. You're not that important. <laughs> no one's noticing you. And you just kind of got a thing going on in your head. And if they are noticing you, well then, why not minister to them by showing how wonderful it is to be free? Because they're obviously not getting it, because if they were, they wouldn't be noticing you. So, so just minister to them by showing the joy of, of being free. And feel free to dance and to celebrate, uh, because God is worth celebrating. It involves dancing. Sometimes uh, it is simply instrumental. Some churches have a rule, sort of it's only praise and celebration if you're singing along with it. But that's not a biblical rule. That's a traditional rule, but that's not a biblical rule. Bible says, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Apparently that you know, on, on its own can praise him. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. There we go again. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. My favorite verse right there because everybody knows God, drums are God's favorite instrument. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. Sometimes we'll have in a celebration or a praise time, a time where a, a, a musician just does a solo. And in our cultural conditioning, we might think when someone does a solo, they're, they're entertaining us or they're showing us how good they are on that instrument. And Lord knows we've been blessed with a lot of great musicians. But that is not what they're doing. They're fulfilling that verse. They're praising God with the gift that God has given them. In the same way that we use our, our, our voice to praise God, they use their musical abilities to praise God. And when they do that, the focus isn't to be on them. The focus remains on God, but we join with them in celebrating that gift to God. And so there's a place. Sometimes we'll have a guitar solo. Sometimes we'll have a, a piano or organ solo. Sometimes when the Spirit is really moving, we'll have a drum solo. We're overdue for one of those, I think. But all that is just a way of saying, yay, God. Yay, God. And, and, and just entering into that. So praise and celebration is loud and rowdy and celebratory. You can, you can clap your hands with it. You can raise your hands with it. You can dance in it. You can just have uh, musical solos in it. The final thing I want to say is this. Praise and celebration should be, in fact, it must be culturally diverse. Here's an important verse. 
After this, it says in the book of Revelation, I looked. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God. Note the hour includes everybody. It's not just the American God. It includes everybody. It's not just the white God. It includes everybody. It's the multi-ethnic, multinational, transnational, global God, the God of all creation. Salvation belongs to him. And we're all benefactors from that. Who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is a vision of the kingdom when it's fully come and when the kingdom is fully come. We will see the most beautiful array of diversity brought together, worshiping the Lord. And the diversity itself worships God. It exalts God. Another passage in Revelation says that the leaders of the nations will bring the glory of their nation before the throne. Every nation, every people group, every tribe has their own unique way of reflecting the glory of God. Their their own unique kind of diamond that reflects the light of the sun. And God is only fully glorified when they're brought together and form this beautiful mosaic. And the diversity itself is part of what exalts the Lord. Our job as kingdom people is to manifest as much of heaven now. We're called the first fruits. We're the fruit that's picked ahead of time. We're, we're, We're to be putting on display what it looks like when the fruit is ripened. And so someday every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But our job is to do that now. Our job is to live in ways that put on display the beauty of the kingdom now. And that means that part of what we have to be striving for when we come together is to capture that multi-ethnic diversity in our worship. This is why every church should have racial reconciliation on its front burner. Jesus died to create one new human race and tear down all the walls that divide it. It says that in Ephesians 2. You wouldn't have churches that don't preach forgiveness of sins because Jesus died for forgiveness of sins. But then how on earth can you have churches that don't even mention racial reconciliation when Jesus died for that just as well? No, no, no. This is, this is part of the, the core message of the kingdom. And so what it means is that we'll have sometimes where we'll be playing some kind of music that some people are just grooving on because this is sort of their culture. Others who aren't part of their culture will be going, where's the downbeat? Uh, This is too loud. I I, I can't, you're singing too fast. There's too many words in this. I can't follow this. That's all right. That's all right. Next week is country Western week and you'll be getting your, you'll be grooving on that. And then after that will be KTIS week. And then after that will be, you know, there's just all sorts of, it's about the diversity. And you can't, you know, you can't include all the diversity of the world. So there's some decisions you make about how how far you're going to stretch this. But as much as it's possible, we try to stretch it and include this sort of diversity week by week. It's a little bit different. That's why you never know uh, anything about Woodland Hills worship if you only attend once. You just got a little slice of it. So later on, we're going to be doing the celebratory stuff. Uh, It's mainly black gospel. But then there's other times where we all go actually bluegrass and other times where we just kind of do uh, kind of standard European uh, music. And the diversity itself glorifies God. That means that sometimes all of us will find it difficult. At least many of us. Some people have just seemed to like all kinds of music. But look, at, here's what it confronts. And this is so central, you guys. It's so central. We, especially here in America, we are trained and conditioned to believe that we get it our way. We are consumers. This is a consumer culture. 
And so we have our preferences. And you always prefer what you're used to and what you were growing up with. And that's just the kind of music and style that you like. And see, this consumer culture would have us say that we have the right, we are entitled to go to the church that does it our way, the way that we like it. And so if you're at a place and you hear some music that you got to put up with and you don't really like that and you can't really sing it, well, then you'll just go and find another church that does it your way because you have the right. You're an American and you're a consumer of the Jesus product. And see, when we give into that, what happens is, inevitably, you'll find yourself in a context where everyone looks just like you and sings just like you and eats just like you and smells just like you and it's just you reproduced all over again. It's a completely homogenous thing. And there's nothing God-glorifying about that. There's none of the Revelation 7 vision in that. Yeah, it's easier for you. Yeah, it's convenient. Yeah, you get your preference. But that's exactly why it's not kingdom. The kingdom is here to push us out of our comfort zone, to stretch us, to make us more global-minded, to be able to appreciate different cultures, different music, different food, different dress, different styles. And to do that, we have to say no to this preference mindset that we are so burdened with. It means that this, even if you can't sing the song, and maybe you can't, and you can't find the downbeat, I got that, that's okay, and, and it sounds a little bit too, too loud. Well, for, for the sake of your brother and sister, enter into it as much as you can. Because just know this, you maybe aren't getting it, but they are. And next week when there's the country western thing, you'll be getting it, but they won't. But they will enter into worship for your sake, you enter worship for their sake, and we're all doing it for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake, let's have diversity. I like that. For Christ's sake, let's have diversity. For Christ's sake, let's be stressed. For Christ's sake, let's submit to one another and bless one another. So we're going to enter into party time. We're going to enter celebration time right here and right now. We'll start by taking up an offering because that's one of the ways that we praise God. We ask that you stay seated if you can during that time. Until uh, the offering is all taken, then when the lights go down again, uh, then feel free to stand. And then I want you to get into it with your body, soul, and spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, we submit this time to you and ask that you flood this place with your presence, flood this place with your love, flood this place with your energy, set the people free, take off every chain of inhibition that constricts us and keeps us from entering into the full joy and power of celebratory praise, and let your spirit flow and have his way. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord.
be a fence all around us, Lord. Be a fence all around us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For your family, my family, your sister, my brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that that... Mm, can, can you feel that? There, there is a difference in this room. There's a difference in you. And, I, and you know, as I'm looking and walking across, I see there's folks that's like, you know, I, I just can't find that beat, as Greg was saying. But I see the smile on your face. I see the glow of Christ in you. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And what I desire is that that doesn't fade away because you leave this place. He's given it to us. His spirit resides in us. That it would rise up like this all the time. So no matter where you go, who you come in contact with, the light of Jesus Christ shines through your face, through your heart, through your words, through your actions, through everything. So this week, when you go back to work or you go back to doing what it is that you do during the week and you're kind of, uh, Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. When the pressures of the world is on your back, the boss is on your back, you know, hey, I am victory. He's, he's, wrote, he's written in his book that I am free. I'm not bound by anything on this earth. There's freedom in that, people. Hallelujah. So I, I pray that these songs stay with you throughout the week that they continue to energize you. When things start getting tough and the enemy starts to press in, just a little karate kick right back at him with some, tr with some truth. That's what we've been singing this morning is truth. We sing praises to him for he's been good to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So what I'd like to do is just remind you before I close the service, I'd like for the, the prayer ministers to come forward. I just want to remind you that uh, the Compassion by Command we start next week. There are classes that will be going on. Well, not classes. They're more like small groups. They'll be taking place the first service. So if you want to get into a small group, there's signups back there at the hub. Uh, you can get into a small group that, you know, it's a short-term small group that's just specifically for this series that we're doing. And you can sign up for one. And uh, you can come because some of them will be held right here. You can uh, come first service. Go to Sunday school, as it were, quote unquote. Then you can come to church. Amen? Amen? And so you can come to the seminar, go to the class, and do that. So please, I encourage you to sign up. Because I've gone through this, and it is, it, it was mind-blowing to me. It is, it's really changed my perspective and my heart uh, for what we are called to as Christians to do. And that's to serve and love the poor. So I encourage you to sign up for that. So I want to leave you with this. Father God, you are awesome. You are wonderful. You have blessed each and every one of us, Lord God. And I'm thankful that you never fail, that you are consistent. You are an on-time God. We are the ones that are fickle, easily distracted, for we are children, Lord God. I pray that, Lord God, throughout this week, Lord, keep bringing these songs to us. Keep, Lord, taking us down the path of maturity, spiritual maturity, learning about you and your kingdom and your purpose, Lord God, for us to further that kingdom. 
So, Father, we just thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for the beauty. Ah, the glory of your presence in this room has just been so sweet. I just pray that, Father God, as we leave this place, Lord God, that we would continue to greet each other in love. Show the love that you show for us, Lord God, out to one another. And bless us throughout this week. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. So if you have any need, any prayer requests, anything that these wonderful folks up here who commit their time to come and pray for you, I encourage you to come forward. Come forward. They will minister to you and pray for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you soon.